Hey everyone, uh, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about the value of consistency when it comes to your weight loss. Because typically when people approach weight, they're really thinking about intensity, right? They're thinking in a short-term time frame of how fast can I lose the weight? Um, I wanna lose weight as fast as I can. And if your main goal is to lose as fast as you can, you're gonna have to choose the most extreme plan. And so intensity and consistency tend to not go together. And so a lot of people will say, you know, my main problem is like a struggle with being consistent. Well, are you struggling to be consistent? Or are you struggling because your plan's too intense for you to start off with? And so consistency is not that hard when you're strategic about it. So we'll talk about that in a second. But the first step is just really appreciating that what you're looking for, your real goal, again, is not to lose weight. Your goal is to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life there on near autopilot. You do not want to lose weight and then put it back on. Okay, so your goal requires, it's the definition of consistency. You're going to have to be consistent with whatever you're doing in order to maintain your success, to achieve it and maintain it. And so there makes no, it makes no sense to do something that you hate doing that you know you can't keep up. What's the point, you see? So when we start focusing on consistency, it makes a lot of sense because that is literally your goal. You have probably done extreme things where you've lost weight and then put it back on. How does that feel? Probably not good, okay? So you've got to make the distinction that I don't care about fast weight loss, I care about long-term weight loss. I wanna be consistent with it. Now that being said, once you get into your mind that you have a longer time frame, that it's not about just losing weight, it's about living at your goal weight forever, now we start to live within a longer time frame that really sets us up for success. Because if you look at anything in your life that you have done for a while, right, a hobby, maybe you played a sport back in high school, maybe you dance, maybe you do martial arts, play an instrument, it doesn't matter. Anything that you have done for any extended period of time, I want you to think about that thing. And then I want you to imagine how there would have been any way in the world that you could have been as good and learned everything that you've learned over all these years in a week, in a month, right? You can't, right? Everything that you've spent time doing that you've mastered and gotten good at, it has happened because you have been consistent with it over a long period of time. Now, granted, there might've been starts and stops or whatever, but it's the fact that you stayed with it for a long period of time. So being consistent is the only way to get to your ultimate goal here. And once you start really wrapping your head around that, you set yourself up for success because you get out of the all or nothing mindset and hopefully you replace it with an all or something mindset so that when the holidays come up, when vacations come up, when special occasions come up and you eat more than you want to or you screw up just randomly, it's not a big deal because you have a long-term time frame and you understand that it's consistency that's going to get you those results, not just short-term perfection. All right. So once you start to really wrap your head around being consistent with your weight loss, you start to strategize about how you could be more consistent. And I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I'll just start off by talking about consistency in a way that's going to be practical to you. Right. So if you're someone who identifies, okay, I struggle with consistency when it comes to my weight loss, what I please want you to do is again, ask this question, is it that you struggle with consistency or is it that the thing you're trying to be consistent with is so difficult, it's almost impossible to be consistent with it, okay? Because if your plan to lose weight is tomorrow, you're gonna stop eating sugar completely, never eat it again till you lose the weight. You're not gonna eat any more carbs for the next few months till you lose the weight. 
you're going to eat 1200 calories. You're not going to eat for 16 hours. Whatever intense thing you think you want to do that you've struggled to be consistent with, if it's intense and difficult and you don't want to do it and it feels like a giant leap in behavior to go from where you're at to there, that's because it's too hard. And so what's the alternative? That we make it easier that you don't have to do everything all at once. This is why I started with the time frame. If you can let go of just needing to get fast, instant results, you open yourself up to getting long-term results and the process is a lot easier because you don't have to do everything all at once. And so if you go back in reference to the hobby or the behavior you've done for years that I asked you to think about, is there any way in the world, is there any training program that you could have learned everything you know over all those years that you could have learned in a week or a month? There's not. There's a natural time frame with mastering and learning things. And you're completely excluding that when it comes to weight loss, acting like you can start on day one being perfect. You can't. And it's not, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with being a human being. It takes time. It takes practice to become the person we want to be. And weight is no different. And so instead of thinking, I don't know, I struggle with consistency, maybe it's the plan. Maybe the plan's too intense. Maybe you're jumping into it way too fast. You're overwhelming yourself. You're overcorrecting and slow it down. Maybe instead of trying to change all your eating, you focused on your worst eating habit. Maybe instead of trying to change all your eating habits starting tomorrow, you focus on optimizing your first meal of the day. Start getting strategic. Start breaking it down so that it is easy for you to be consistent. And then be consistent for a while. And then what do you do? Then you start getting better. Then you start ramping up the intensity of it, okay? But you don't start with intense, intense uh, intensity and then say, oh, I'm, I'm bad with consistency. <laughs> no, you're not. You've got a shitty strategy where you're trying to just, you're, it's overwhelming to you, okay? So consistency is the name of the game. There is no way to get to your goal without being consistent. Because again, your goal is not to just lose weight and get to your goal weight. Your goal is to get to your goal weight and live there for the rest of your life. And so that is the definition of a consistency, all right? So I hope this shift in thinking about it helps you out, all right? Um, if anyone has any questions, what the hell is going on? <laughs> hold on one second. Oh, what are you doing? You're shooting me with that? Life's funny when you got a little punk kid running around shooting me with, <laughs> he's shooting my office with uh, old pellets. Yeah, I'm on a call. <laughs> they took the day off. They got a half day of school and it was snowing here for the first time of the year. So I don't know, for some reason they just got to stay home, these kids. What's up, Tabby? Uh, let's see, if there's any questions, feel free to ask them. Um, 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 um. Talking about weight loss the day before. Uh, Jody says, great coaching call yesterday. I wrote down my comebacks in my rehearsal. I made it, made it easier. That's great. Yeah, Jody, I, I really, that was a good call yesterday. Um, that was a good one. I love that. Uh, anytime I get to explain the program yourself then technique, uh, again, and practice explaining it is, is good for me. And Mary's a, a super smart person. So I love talking to her because she, she helps me explain it better. So yeah, that was a good call yesterday for sure. For sure. Um, Let's see. Azra, how you doing, Azra? I used to go to the gym for four hours, then skip it for weeks. Now I go for an hour a day consistency. Yeah, okay. And even an hour a day, that's a lot, but good for you. But everything's relative. Yeah, but but yeah, four hours a day. Good Lord. 
Um, that's kind of right. So there you go, Azra. You're, you're a person of extremes, it seems, right? So as you balance that out, yeah, it's easy to be consistent. And I'm telling you folks, you can do this with anything. I know it's hard. Like the, the, I swear one of our biggest challenges with this process is like our impatience. You know, we're so impatient for results that it's hard for us to get motivated to do little things, you know, but it's the little things. Like if you can start thinking strategically, if you can, um, I'll give you an example of what I mean. I, I was talking to someone yesterday during the coaching call and they wanted to start exercising more. And so their first response is, again, they were an athlete back in high school. And their first idea is, well, I'm gonna exercise every day for like a half hour, right? If, if anything less than that's not worth it. Now this is a person hasn't exercised in a decade, okay? And so they try and do the half hour, same thing. I mean, cause I can't get myself to do it, okay? Well, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that that half hour is too much right now, okay? And don't get caught up in a half hour, by the way. Again, everyone's got different things that are too much or too little, but you gotta look at yourself, this pattern of what do you wanna do? I, I wanna improve my eating, I wanna work out more. You're probably overwhelming yourself. You probably got a plan where you're moving too fast, too quick, and then you don't wanna do it, and now you're avoiding it. So instead, so for example, for her, she was like, half hour, that's what makes sense. Well, let's cut it down. When do you wanna work out? I like work out in the morning, right after I wake up. Okay, great. So now we got a specific spot we wanna put it, and now let's break it down. I call this the reduce to the ridiculous technique. Instead of thinking about a half hour, let's break it down. Because if you haven't worked out for 10 years, and all of a sudden you say, I'm gonna do a half hour every day, that, and now again, it's relative to each person. So you might say, oh, a half hour is nothing. Fine. Um, but for a, a half hour for, for me to just start from nothing would be a lot. And so if we go from nothing to a half hour, that's a big, that's a big leap we have to make. And what happens is we don't want to do it. We might do it for the first couple of times because we're excited and motivated. And then it becomes boring and hard and difficult and sore and whatever. And so now what happens is subconsciously, we don't want to do it. This is why you stop doing it. You know, it's, it's inconvenient. It's difficult. It's painful. It's hard. And so we stop doing it. So what's another option? If you're not, you know, if you, if you let go of the impatience, what happens, you can take the half hour, let's break it down to five minutes. Let's break it down to a minute if we have to. We wanna get it to the point where it's like you subconsciously think, oh, I wanna work out tomorrow and I wanna do it. It's easy. It's easy to do it. You know, I, I wanna get on the treadmill for a minute or two, just move around and just whatever, easy. And now what happens is, say you do a minute, I'm gonna break it right down to the, the, a one minute. So you do one minute, it's, oh, this isn't doing anything. Yes, it is. It's starting to install a new habit into my life so that every day now, every morning at you know six, seven o'clock in the morning, I'm walking on the treadmill and it's only a minute. But if you do that for two weeks, now all of a sudden it starts to feel like, oh yeah, I get up in the morning, I get on the treadmill. Now, let's make it two minutes. Now, let's make it five minutes. You see what I mean? Then get used to that. It's the norm. It's just part of what I do. Now, let's make it 10 minutes. Oh, that's too slow, Jim. Okay, well, keep doing what you're doing. But if you keep trying extreme things, you never stick with it. That's the slowest way, you know? And besides, just one more little extra thing on, on in terms of exercising. When it comes to exercising, the benefit is not just calories burned. You've got to look at it more holistically. If you all of a sudden start walking on a treadmill for a minute every morning, you're not burning a lot of calories, okay? That, that's not what's going to help you lose weight. But you will almost guaranteed still lose weight. Why? Because now all of a sudden you're starting to change your self-image. You're starting to think of yourself as a person who gets every morning and does a little bit of exercising. It's only a minute, but it starts to change how you think about yourself. You start to feel positive. You start to feel excited because you're like, holy shit, this isn't that hard. Look at me. Oh my God, it's been a week. Oh my God, it's been a month. Oh my God, it's been two months. I've been exercising every morning. You start to feel good about yourself and now you bring that motivation into your day and you start making better food choices. 
that's what I'm trying to tell you. You got to get your head. You, you all think like a dieter and you're zoomed in on the calories. You got to you got to zoom out and see the big picture of what's leading you to overeat the calories, you know, and it's what you're putting in your mouth. Again, between exercising and eating, eating is always the number one thing you want to start focusing on. Right. You're not going to exercise off the, the weight. You're not, um, especially if you haven't been working out. I suggest people that haven't been working out, don't please don't start working out. You want to lose weight? Please, please stop. Unless it's real walking, riding a bike, real basic, simple stuff. Because you all of a sudden you start to hard cardio classes, weightlifting, whatever. What's, what's going to happen is you're going to get tired. You're going to get sore and you're probably going to hurt yourself. Okay. And so you're probably going to, and you're going to get hungrier. And so you're going to overeat and you're going to do all that work. You're not going to lose any weight. And then you're going to get upset. Okay. Take all that energy and put it into mastering your reading and do some light movement activity stuff just to kind of get yourself started. Um, I'd accept that my body doesn't want to lose two pounds a week, but one to one and a half with more calories. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. That's smart. That's smart. It's all about taking a step back and looking at what we're doing. You know, it's, um, we get locked into our way of thinking and how we see things. And so, so much of program yourself then anyways, is really taking a step back and kind of seeing the situation from a different angle. Um, how do I know if my eating plan is too hard? Um, I mean, you know, that's up for you to decide. Do you like doing it? There's a limit, right? I mean, like, we, if you're going to change your eating, it's going to feel a little hard, right? Any, anything you do different is going to feel weird, <laughs> You know, like, um, so it's going to feel a little hard, but it doesn't, so, but you have to figure that out. Like how much is like, oh my God, this sucks. I don't like this way of living. And what's a little bit like, eh, it, it's, it's some discipline, but I'll get used to that. You know what I mean? So that's a judgment call you got to figure out. Um, but I will tell you this, if you end up not doing it, there's a good chance it was too hard. Right. So that, that's one of the first things. Don't make this complicated. If you think about weight loss all day and night and you're not actually doing anything to lose weight, your plan's probably too hard. I'll tell you, it's the same for all of you. It's always the same thing. It's, it's you have a shitty plan. If you're not losing weight, it's 100% because you don't have a good plan. And what's a good plan mean? It's not just the eating plan. It, you, you need, again, I believe, program yourself, then we have the weight mastery pyramid, mindset, lifestyle, eating. I think you need to have a mindset, lifestyle, and eating plan. That's why in the program, there's a mindset, lifestyle, eating blueprint you fill out, you know, because you need to have some, some roadmap for that, you know? And, and so, yeah. How do you know if your eating plan is too hard? Well, do you do it regularly? And if you do it, are you miserable doing it or is it okay? You know, if you're miserable, I would tweak it and change it because you're not going to stick with it. If it's, if it's a little challenging, I'm getting used to it. That's okay. That's normal. You know, anytime you create a change. So I wish I'd give you a clearer answer, but I can't. I have difficulty differentiating if my eating plan is too hard or if I'm too impatient. Um, yeah, well, that's a good question to ask, though. And again, it's not about me giving you the answer. It's about you asking better questions. And that's a great question. Is my eating plan too hard or am I too impatient? Start thinking about that. And then one thing you always want to be doing is how can I make my eating plan better? Not how can I make my eating plan less calories, okay? Sometimes people are trying to cut way too many calories out. Better also means easier. How can I make the eating plan I want to follow easier? What those answers usually look like are I could logistics, right? I can, I can source the food, get it in here more effectively. I can buy some things in bulk. I can prepare some things. I can make my meal plan easier so there's repetition with some of the meals. So I don't have to buy 100 different things every week. You know what I mean? So never, no one thinks about this because deep down, you want the meal plan to be hard. 
deep down, just like you said, Peter ML, you want the meal plan to be hard because you associate the harder it is, the hungrier you are, the more deprived you are, the more pissed and struggling you are, the faster you're going to lose weight. You, you got to let that go. This is why you got to reframe the goal. The goal is not to lose weight. You could kill yourself for a couple months to lose weight, but you're not going to live that way. You've got to get off the weight loss train. You don't want to lose weight. You want to get back to your goal weight and live there for the rest of your life. They're two completely different goals. And But but you're asking the right questions, though. So start making your eating plan. Start optimizing it. That's what we do in Program Yourself Thin. It's not about me giving you some master meal plan. What a bunch of horse shit that is, by the way. The idea that I could give you a meal plan that would be perfect for you. I don't know you. You're not me. What's this meal plan going to be? You know, it's crazy. Dieters are crazy like this. That they're just like, oh, just tell me what to eat and I'll do it. No, you won't. You've never done that. Like, why would you just, someone who's never met you and you've never met is going to tell you how to eat for the rest of your life? What? <laughs> you know, it's like when you put it in a different context, would you let someone tell you how to, how to dress? You know, what movies to watch, what music to listen to? I mean, Jesus, are you a human or what? It's going to let some stranger, oh, now I just, now I don't eat any carbs. I don't eat any carbs at all. And now I just eat meat. And now I just eat vegetables or whatever. I mean, if you want to do it, I mean, learn from them, but then like customize it to yourself. This diet idea, like dieters, I get it too. Like I understand it, but you get yourself so desperate that you, you're just flailing. You're, you're flailing. You, you know what I mean? Stop. The first thing you got to do anyways is calm down. You've got to relax. You're always in fight, flight, or freeze mode when it comes to your weight, which is why you keep following dumb plans. And they are dumb plans. They're dumb plans to begin with, but they're extra dumb because you've been trying to do them for decades now. Good Lord, how many times are you going to try and get back on your keto plan? How many times are you going to try and get back onto Weight Watchers? How many times are you going to start with your intermittent fasting again? You know what I mean? If it's 10, 20 times, please, good Lord. Can, can we try a different strategy? And if you don't know what that strategy, you don't know where to begin with a different strategy, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. It's called the New Thin Me. It's a kickstart session. It's free. It'll kickstart your weight loss by clarifying and connecting you to your goal weight, to your dream body. Very motivating. You'll naturally make better food choices after listening to it for a couple days. And the other one is watch the training I give you. That's the most important piece. Three steps to master your weight. It's about 30 minutes. But it'll give you a new concept of how to approach your weight. Because you're approaching it Completely wrong. If you're struggling, you know, I promise you. Um, what's up, Don? Happy Wednesday, aka this week, Friday. Yeah, it does feel like Friday for sure. I'll be working a little bit on Friday, but yeah, it does definitely feel, I'm a, I'm a holiday mode for sure. Um, Chick44 says, trust the process. He's right. I am. She's right. <laughs> or they're right. Uh, what's up, Karen? Karen, I'm thinking about you too. I'm going to interview you. I got to send you that link. I got a new program I'm using to record things, which is, and it's kind of a weird week too, but I'll probably get that to you next week. So I want to hear your story. Whoop. I'm getting that. Um, so yeah, anyone's got questions, feel free to ask them. I know who's thinking about weight loss on the day before Thanksgiving, right? But if you're in program yourself, then we're thinking about it, but we're thinking about it in a different way. Tabby says, this is so true. It is right. Tabby. I mean, yeah, everything I'm saying is true. Um, Yade says, can I eat 1200 calories a day? I mean, of course you can. Yeah. You can eat 1200 calories a day. Anyone can eat 1200 calories a day. The question is, do you want to eat 1200 calories a day forever? You know, I, again, what I see most people doing is subconsciously how you think about weight loss is probably something like this. There's kind of like the average calories you're consuming. Let's say it's up here. And then you think about dieting 
in losing weight and you think about drastically cutting those calories so you start losing weight quickly and then you think about coming back up to maintenance. Some people think maintenance is back up to where they started but now their metabolism is different so they'll be able to do the same. That is horse shit. How, how if, if your metabolism... I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. But um, anyway, so, so people think about drastically cutting them, then bring them back up to maintenance. But I would suggest you just start going out of maintenance. You know? Oh, I want to lose weight quick. Okay, well, how how has that been going? You know, at some point, you got to, like, look at the the reality of your results, you know, and not blame yourself. You've got to stop blaming yourself for your inability to lose weight in the past here and start blaming the goddamn plan. Please start blaming the plan. We live in a world, this is the problem though, and I don't blame you for this, but we live in a world now where we've all been exposed to a lifetime of diet marketing. And we've gotten to the point where we can't separate weight loss from dieting. They're just one and the same. And so every time we think about weight loss, we think of it like a dieter. And that, that is your biggest mindset problem. You know, um, So you don't even think about weight loss in other ways. You know, which is the, the first thing you've got to do. You've got to think about your weight loss in a different way. You've got to stop thinking like a dieter. It's a trap. If you don't believe me, who do you know losing weight on diets, right? I mean, the statistics are pretty bleak for dieters, you know, so I suggest you change it. Um, Yep, trust the process. Keep showing up. You'll lose weight. I did 18 pounds, three months. Go to the gym. Great job. Great job. Oh, look at you, Tabby. You already answered the question before I could. Look at you. Exactly, right? Yeah. Can I eat that way for the rest of your life? Yeah. And if you can't, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know what I mean? I just don't understand it. That's been one of the best, biggest distinctions I've ever made is that I won't do anything weight-wise if it's not long-term. Because why? Why would I? Why do I want to put all my energy into something short term? I mean, water fasting is the extreme of this, right? But you water fast for a week, two weeks. It's so hard. Come on, give me a break. And, um, and then you lose a lot of weight though. But then what's going to happen? What's going to happen? As soon as you start eating, start putting the weight back on. You, you show me a person who's going to water fast and lose 20 pounds, then start eating and put 18 pounds on it, 10 pounds on, not get discouraged and frustrated. Come on. So what's the point? You know, I only do things for the long term. I, the way I eat and live right now, I anticipate and expect and hope to eat exactly this way for the next hundred years. I, I want to, I love it. I love it. It's customized to me. It's perfectly balanced in my opinion, you know? So I love it. I'm not white knuckling. I'm not miserable. I'm not frustrated, you know? I'm not struggling. I don't hate it. I'm not deprived. This is what I'm saying. This is why you have to stop thinking like a dieter because as a dieter, you think short term. You just think, I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. All you do is think about the weight loss phase. The weight loss phase is only going to take you a couple months, a couple years, and then that's it. Then you're at your goal weight and you want to live there forever, right? So it's like you got one phase that's this big, and then you got the other big phase that you actually care about. It's this big, you know? So it's like you've got to focus on the big phase, not just this tiny little one. That's the big difference. And the diet's got you focused on this little phase. All you do is think about the weight loss. Oh, shit, I can do anything to lose weight. Tell me what you did. I can do that for a little while. Yeah, for a little while. That's the key words, you know? But that little while thing ain't serving you well. Carrie says, you've helped me lower and maintain my weight. Still hoping to lose another 20 pounds. That's awesome. I'll take a screenshot of that. I've been getting this. You know, it's fun. I, uh, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, I've been doing this 20 years professionally. And 
I've been doing this social media stuff for about a year, and it's pretty fun because I'm freaking out here. Um, because I, I I do these all. I'll, you, you all know maybe if you don't, I do these Monday through Friday lives um, at noon. And uh, it's been fun because I've been doing it for over a year. And so it's, I, get, I get a lot of people that aren't even on the program. This is my free stuff. Losing a lot of weight, you know? Why? Because they're listening to me all the time, so I help them change their mindset. If you change how you're thinking about weight, you're going to get better results. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, there's no diet out there that's going to fix your shitty mindset. And I'm not judging you for having a shitty mindset. We all have shitty mindsets unless we change them because we live in this culture. This culture conditions us to have a shitty mindset when it comes to weight loss and weight and food and health. So you've got to change it, you know, or else you'll be in trouble. But great job, Carrie. Great, great job. Um, happy early Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful, a wonderful Thanksgiving tomorrow. Calorie counting is not sustainable. In my experience, good to have calorie awareness. Yeah, Don's right on the money, I think. I agree. Um, Yade says, thanks. Good question. It is a good question, right? Thanks for the response. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I'm learning from the best. Ah, thanks. I appreciate you saying that. Um, what's the first step to change my mindset? That's a great question, Paula. Um, I would say the first step to changing your mindset is to change the goal. I, I really believe that because you it, it's difficult. See, like again, a dieter's mindset, within a dieter mindset, the goal is to lose the weight. And I think what I'm talking about is weight mastery, not weight loss. And the difference is the goal that we're focusing at. So if we just focus on losing weight, we think of it as a short-term temporary thing. And once we think of it as short-term, we say, well, I could do anything for a little while. I could, I could water fast for a little while. I could just not eat carbs for a little while, you know? And so we think of it temporarily. We think of it short-term. And so if we think about it as I want to get to my goal weight and then I want to live, this is the big goal. I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on near autopilot. Y'all ought to write that down. If you make that the goal, it's very difficult to think like a dieter because it's a completely different goal. We're aimed at a different, a completely different direction. And what happens is a lot of the dieting bullshit doesn't work in that scenario. Do you want to not eat carbs for the rest of your life? Maybe you do. And if you do, great. So it's not me judging. I'm not saying keto's inherently a horrible strategy. I'm saying it's an inherently horrible strategy for most people. <laughs> most people don't want to do that. And I'm one of them. I wouldn't want to live that way. Okay. Um, so you have to take into account who you are. Now, at the same time, I'm a vegetarian, pescatarian specifically. But for me, it was very natural. It was very natural. I used to be a, a extreme meat eater three times a day. A lot of times I'd eat meat. I, I eat meat every day of my life. Um, other than like we had church stuff where we get rid of meat, but I ate meat all the time, but just I started to change and that, that idea came up and it just felt, it just fit me like a hand on a glove. It just felt natural to me. And so it was never a struggle. So this is what I'm trying to say, folks, when you're coming up with your, your weight mastery plan, You've got to take into account who you are. You've got unique genetics, preferences, and lifestyle. And so you have to take those things into account to craft the perfect plan for you, okay? And so um, I, I think that's important. So anyways, but but taking that in, so the first step to changing your mindset is to change your goal. Um, so it's not just about losing weight. It's about living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. Hopefully that's a more motivating goal too, because most of you are apathetic at this point. You think about weight loss 24 hours a day, but you're not doing anything to make it happen. And you might even be putting weight on, you know? And so a big part of that is because you're stuck in this mindset, this weight loss mindset. 
and you've got to change it quick. And the fastest way to change it is to change that goal. Uh, Karen says, you're the goat. Thanks. I appreciate you saying that. What's up, Shireen? I'm here. Let's go. Let's do this Thanksgiving. Yeah, right? See, it's like all the people in the program, they're looking forward to Thanksgiving because it doesn't matter. And they'll probably all overeat. I'll overeat tomorrow. You know what I mean? It does not matter. One day doesn't mean shit, by the way. Okay, just so y'all know that. One day of overeating is the equivalent of one day of dieting. It does, doesn't matter either way. It's what you do all the time, okay? Um, what's way more important is what you do on Friday. How are you going to be Friday, you know? Um, and then more important is how are you going to be next Monday? That, that's the big one. What are you going to do Monday? Are you going to drift off into, you know, you know, denial land for, you know, ignore land for the next six weeks until it's January 1st? You know, or are you going to be on track working on stuff? See, it's hard for most dieters to get through the holidays because they're all or nothing. Very difficult to be perfect with your reading during the holidays, right? It's it's difficult and it sucks in my experience. I don't want to be, I don't not eat a Christmas cookie. What what am I doing? What am I going to do? Live a life where I never enjoy myself? Why? What, what am I looking to do here? Again, my goal for you is to have the best quality of life possible. And, and, I, and for me anyways, the best quality of possible is to eat some cookies, to, to enjoy myself and be at my goal weight. Yeah, you can have it all, folks. <laughs> you can have it all. Um, and so, you know, in the program, we'll be working on strategies to be, again, all dieters are all or nothing. The program itself, then we're all or something. So yeah, I mean, during the holidays, I'm not as clean in the month of December with my eating and my lifestyle as I am in March, you know? So what? You're never going to believe this, folks, but I actually have a year plan I follow. Can you imagine? Imagine thinking about your weight in a time frame of a year even. You know, can you imagine that? I have a year plan. My different months are kind of different, different focuses. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. When I think longer term, I, I, I'm, I really mean that. And part of that, the, the good side of that is that December comes. December is probably my least clean month typically it has been, you know, um, still clean. I'm still on track with most of my stuff, but I'll probably eat a little extra stuff than I typically do. I'll drink a little more wine than I typically do. Okay. But that's factored in. So I enjoy myself. Again, there's variation in what I'm doing. Do you hear that? You're a human being. You need variation and variety. This idea that you're going to stick to some strict diet plan forever is, I mean, I'm not saying no one can do it because there's always outliers, but you probably can't do it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> and if you can't do it, just let it go. Let it go and start focusing on a plan that you can actually, oh, yeah. Oh, it fits. And you see it because you see all the people in the program, they're always saying, that, oh, yeah, I can't wait for Thanksgiving already. I'm going to enjoy this. You know what I mean? Other people are like, oh, I don't know. What do you think about 1,200 calories a day? Should I, should I diet during Thanksgiving? Right? It's all this tension and stress. You know, of course, program yourself then is built around having a foundation of calm. Whoo, relax. Because when you're calm and relaxed, it's way easier. But I got you guys covered. I'm making a new program. It's called The First Five Pounds. And uh, it's cool. I was just recording it. And it's it's simple and easy. It's five hypnosis sessions. One for the first pound, one for the second pound, one for the third pound, the fourth pound, and the fifth pound. And what it does is it, it allows you to lose the weight comfortably, relax calmly. And, uh, you know, you don't have to learn a lot. I, can't, I don't have to teach you much. Um, to help you lose five pounds. That's easy, you know? And so I'll have that going probably next week. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll offer as a, it's cheap too. So to, it, for all of you that, that want to get in the program, the, the price is a little bit of an issue. I understand that. Um, this will be for you, all right? Do you have any tips on how to stop thinking about weight loss when you're in the process of 
of losing weight, I'm going to assume you, you were saying, uh, of losing weight. I guess, like, stop obsessing over it. Uh, yeah, people ask this to me all the time, Parsons. I think the trick is you can't stop thinking unless you're a meditator. You know, if you're a Zen Buddhist monk, you might have a chance at being able to stop thinking. Uh, the rest of us, don't try and stop thinking, okay? Because that only makes it worse. And to prove the point, Parsons, just to give you a little hypnosis lesson, your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives anyways. So if you want to stop thinking about weight loss, I'll tell you the worst thing you can do is to try to stop thinking about weight loss. Let me show you what I mean. I'll tell you, get your willpower ready and don't think about what I'm about to tell you. And you weren't thinking about this right now anyways. I'm going to show you how hard it is. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a yellow banana. Okay, just stop thinking about a yellow banana. All right? And so your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. It has to make sense of the word to, to understand it, regardless. So if you want to stop thinking about weight loss, nah, it ain't going to work. You've got to start thinking about weight mastery. Do you understand? You can't just, what? where's that energy going to go? Oh, I'm not thinking about weight loss. I'm not thinking about weight loss. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm not thinking about weight loss. Really? Sounds like you are, you know? So what we need to do is we need to start thinking about weight mastery and then get obsessed on it. I'm obsessed with weight mastery. I'm obsessed with my health, my happiness. I am. So I'm oh, that's not good. Well, go screw. It's my life. I'll do what I want. I'm obsessed with it. And I love it. I'm obsessed with feeling amazing, as, as amazing as I can. And it's a fun path for me. I love it. I love it now. I've loved it for 30 years and I anticipate loving it for another hundred. I, I just love it. You see? So I'm not trying to stop thinking about weight loss. I'm thinking about weight mastery. I hope that makes sense because there's a lot of a lot of wisdom in that answer. There really is, okay? A lot of information in there. Um, Nanoni NHS, I've found focusing on insulin regulation has helped me lose weight after a pre-diabetes diagnosis. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I think about that all the time too. You know, I think that's a smarter way to think about your weight. I think everyone would do well to start internalizing what the hell's going on. I think a lot of people are stuck thinking they're they're just so stuck being upset with how they look that they're completely missing what's going on inside of their bodies. And that never mind that the the food you're eating is leading to weight gain and you don't like how you look in pictures and, and in the mirror and start thinking about I am consistently spiking my blood sugar and my insulin um in, in my body. I'm overwhelming my body, I'm stressing it out. Uh, I'm overloading it. Digestion is one of the main sources, uses of energy in your body. If you're feeling tired and exhausted, it's not just carrying the extra weight around. It's literally, it's digesting it. It's overwhelming for your body, especially if you're eating foods that aren't natural and whole. It's very, very stressful for your body. And so you understand you're thinking about this on a deeper level. Most people's weight loss motivation is very superficial. It's just how they look. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's again, it's not your fault. A million diet ads you've been exposed to, they're all the before and after picture. So you just think about weight loss aesthetically, visually. But really the whole story is that what you're putting in your mouth, your weight is one of the main factors that's probably gonna dictate how long you're alive. And on top of that, it's gonna be one of the main factors, if not the number one factor for your quality of life during those years when you're here. Your energy levels, your moods, your focus, your ability to think clearly, your ability to move independently, comfortably. And it just goes on and on, you know, but it's literally what is this weight doing to your health, to your body right now? 
I, you know, I have a, if you, if you do it, if you go to my bio and click that link and get the hypnosis session, I give you, I give you a training right after that, three steps to master your weight. And in that training, I always want to do a video of this. I should print it out so I can show you here. Um, but it's an, it's an MRI scan of a normal weight person and an obese person, because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you to think about what's going on in your body. And I know no one wants to think about this, but this is the real story. You're feeling sluggish. You're feeling tired. You're not feeling good. Your body's sore. Th this is this is the reality of the weight. You know, listen. I always say this, but for me, it's for me, weight's life and death because my dad died of a heart attack at 54. So for me, a lot of what I'm talking about here is not about just looking good in a bathing suit. It's about living as long as you can, being the best version of yourself for the people that you love the most and care for the most, um, being the best version of yourself so you can achieve the things you want to achieve in life. You know, we need to give this process more meaning than just wanting to look better. Just wanting to look better is not enough motivation. Take a second and let that land and internalize that. Wanting to look better is not enough motivation. If you've been trying to lose weight for 30 years because you want to look better and wear those jeans and wear that outfit, it hasn't worked. It's never going to work. You need to see this for what it actually is and getting a pre-diabetes diagnosis, getting a, you know, a car cardiovascular issue thing going on. Um, these are things that a lot of times will sober people up to realize the real thing going on. Okay. And that's what matters, you know, and, and this is what's at stake. This is what, this is why I do this stuff for free. Cause to me, this is a mission. Um, not just, this isn't just about losing weight to look better. It's about living longer and living happier. Um, Carrie says, how often do you weigh? Um, I don't weigh very often now, but I've, I've been at the same weight for 30 years, really. I won blip 12 years ago. I'm always at the same weight. So I weigh myself, I don't know, once every other week, maybe, maybe once a month. Um, but when I was losing weight, I weigh myself every day. You know, if you're really serious about losing weight, you should weigh yourself every day. Weighing yourself once a week is one of the most torturous, cruelest things you can do to yourself because your weight fluctuates. You know, weighing myself every day, I learned that the biggest fluctuation I, I saw was five pounds in 24 hours, but it was constantly fluctuating by a couple pounds, always. And so if you go step on the scale and you fluctuated down two pounds and the next week eat while exercising and now you fluctuated up two pounds, it might look like you put four pounds on. You know what I mean? And that's devastating. You're never going to continue with that, you know? So if you're weighing yourself once a week, I, I can't think of a crueler thing to do to yourself. Now I know people say, well... The scale, that just destroys me. I get that too. I understand that. So ultimately, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. But I'm a big fan of weighing yourself every day for a lot of reasons, including the reasons of, well, Jim, it, it, it freaks me out that the scale is absolutely, you know, powerful over me. Well, fuck that. No way. No way. The scale is just a tool. Let's work on how you can use that scale as a tool so that you look at the scale like the speedometer of your car. You're not scared of looking at the speedometer of your car, are you? right? Because if you're going too fast, you know how to slow down. If you're going too slow, you know how to speed up. So it's not that the scale's the problem. The problem is that you don't really have any belief or sense of strategy for how you can control your weight. That's the problem. And the scale just reveals it. So to me, I'd rather use this scale and work through all the emotional bullshit. Because if you're so terrified to step on a scale, there is so much emotion that's going on in there that, that your chances of mastering your weight I don't know. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not, but that's not a hundred percent too. So, so if you don't feel that way and you're just like, Jim, I don't believe that you go with that. Okay. Cause I've also seen a lot of people that don't weigh themselves at all that still succeed with it. Okay. So I want to make that clear. But for me personally, if you're going to use a scale, 
I, I think you should use it every day. And I think you should, I think it sends a message to you that you're really serious, right? You're stepping on it every day. You're making a focus. You have to do it in a somewhat indifferent way. You need to have a different mindset. You can't be thinking like a dieter using the scale. You know, I'm, so I want to make that clear. But I think it sends a signal. You start to understand your body, how it works. If you haven't weighed yourself every day for a month or two months, you don't really know how your body works and the weight works. You really don't. And you don't know. So you don't know, oh, if I eat this, this turns into a pound. You know, if, another thing I learned from weighing myself every day that was crucially important to me. I think this is really important. Beyond just the fluctuations, which were important to notice, was that if I started, I, I, I came to realize from weighing myself every day that if I ate well for, it would take about two weeks of eating well, of, of kind of reducing calories, eating healthier. It would take about two weeks for that weight loss to show up consistently. And the other side as well, if I started you know, not eating as clean, um, and eating more, it would take about two weeks for that weight to show up. Knowing that is absolutely crucial information for me on both sides. Because if I start eating cleaner and the weight doesn't come off, I'm not as in I know it's going to take a couple weeks. So, so I have better, I have more clear expectations for how my body operates. They're more accurate. And the flip side is if I start eating a little um, messier, then, you know, if I stepped on it two days later, I didn't get any weight. Oh, I guess, guess my body doesn't, I can eat whatever I want. You know, but now I know that's not true either. I know it's going to take about two weeks for it to show up. So there's another reason that I think it's helpful, but, but that's my opinion on that. You know, ultimately you got to listen to yourself with it. Um, add hypnosis and your obsessing goes away. Yeah. So freeing. Yeah. Jody's right about that too. If, if you're obsessing on your weight, yeah, the hypnosis is so powerful. You know, programming yourself is really about self hypnosis. You know, there is a hypnosis thing that, that I have a lot of sessions I give you with it, but really ultimately it comes down to you being able to control your own mind. And uh, you're already, I don't want to say you're a master of hypnosis, but you're a master hypnotist. What that means is you are up in your head talking to yourself 24 hours a day. And what you're saying to yourself is really dictating your weight. Um, and I don't know if you know that or not, but it is. <laughs> and so learning how to influence what you're saying in your head is, I think, the most important thing you can do to change your weight. Um, Tabby says, any documentaries about junk food you recommend me watching? Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. These documentaries, they go in and out of my brain so fast, to be honest. I, I have a hard time remembering them. I've just watched so many of them. Um, I haven't watched any in a while though, but, uh, I'm, I'm more of a book. I can tell you some book things I would recommend, but junk food is uh, salt, sugar, fat is, is definitely the top of the list. End of overeating is really good. Um, I'm blanking on with some of the other ones. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but documentaries, Knives Over Forks, I kind of remember that one being, or Forks and Over Knives, that was a good one. Like I said, they kind of just blend together and it's been a little while, but I definitely think that, that that's a great um, way. That's another way to program yourself. If you watch documentaries, and sometimes the documentaries are overstated and they're one-sided, but who gives a shit? We've been exposed to a lifetime of one-sided bullshit from the diet industry, the food industry. You know what I mean? Like, And so it's like, if you get a documentary that kind of overstates some things and it's one-sided, who gives a shit? It's just a balancing thing, you know? Because we just got just garbage dumped in our brains the entire our entire lives about food and our weight. So I like those documentaries. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's one I watched. The guy gave up sugar for a while. That was interesting. You know, there's a million of them now. And um, 
so yeah, go, go check. Like Netflix alone has a ton of them. YouTube has a bunch of stuff. But watching those is wonderful because, the, listen, movies and shows are a form of hypnosis. Commercials are little mini hypnosis sessions. So when you watch a documentary, it is like a visual hypnosis session because it will change the way you think about food. And you will find after watching a documentary, most likely, that it'll change your eating behaviors at least for a little while, you know, naturally. And so it's a great way to experience the power of hypnosis because documentaries are hypnosis, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Jody says, that, yeah, the, the sessions are so calming. I try to tell you all that, that if, if I could just, if I could magically make you more calm, which I can, I mean, if you got my program, I can magically make you more calm. Um, but I'm just saying even right now, if I could increase your feelings of calm, you know, like and, and crank them up, you would automatically lose weight. Most of your your weight issues are related around the fact that you're stressed out, you're anxious, you're tense. And when you're in that state, you tend to make shitty food choices. You crave shitty foods and you eat those foods because you don't have any ability to stop yourself. When you're stressed and tense, it's a very impulsive state. And you are probably in a chronic, stressed, anxious state, right? <laughs> I mean, right? Am I close? <laughs> so... uh when you can calm yourself down and relax. It's the same for me. I was as stressed as anyone. And I was just talking about that today. It's been a 30-year journey for me to relax and calm down. And uh, I'm not as relaxed and calm as I always imagined I would have been when I started the process, but I'm way more relaxed and calm than I was. And that ability is a huge part of being able to master my weight. Because, folks, it's not the knowledge that's dictating your weight. You know what you should and shouldn't eat. Right? Sometimes you're you're doing well and losing weight, and sometimes you're not. Same you, same knowledge. What's the difference? What's the difference between when you're doing well and when you're not doing well? What's the difference? Write it in if you want. You personally, like, what is the difference? Actually, what's the difference when you're losing weight actively, and when you're not? You're putting weight on. What's what's what do you think's the difference? It's not what you know, right? Same you, same brain, same genetics, same environment. What's the difference? What do you think the difference is? I love this question because, you know, again, you think, well, I don't know. What do you think? It's a meal plan? You think it's you don't have willpower? You had the same amount of willpower, same you, right? So what's the difference when you're losing weight when you're gaining weight? What do you think it is? <laughs> Shereen says that she loves the crazy white knuckle impression you do. Yeah, of course, right? Because that's, it's, uh, uh, right? That's the dieting, that's dieting explained. Yep, Tabby said, okay, I can't wait for that five-pound session. Yeah, it's, it's good. It, I'm excited about that. Ah, not the bananas. Yes, bananas. You have great skin, too, I'm sure, from your healthy eating. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's probably my, my Greek heritage, too. Um, <laughs> you're correct. I'm here for it. All right. I'm excited to see what adding more nutrition, nutritious foods does for me. I want to feel more energetic. There we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that. that's what I want to hear, you know? So let's see. What do people say, though? Hey, Astrid, how's it going? Face is so true. Everyone's saying it's true, right? Right. Um, close choice, right? Working at being less bothered, lightening up. What's a good Netflix documentary? Um, that's a good question. Let me think. I I'll look in a second, actually. But so I want you to think, though, because this is really an important point for you all, is to think about, because it's weird to think like sometimes you're on track and doing the right stuff to lose weight. Sometimes you lose, you've lost weight before. You've never not lost weight, right? Sometimes you're losing weight. And so what's the difference? It's not your genetics. It's not your hormones. It's not what diet knowledge you have in your head. What is it? What is it? I think. I think it's your mood. 
right? What's the difference between when you, you know, you, you choose a healthy thing and when you say, ah, screw it, I don't care. What's the difference? I think it's ever, it's your mood. It's your state, right? That's the word we use in the program is your state. What state are you in? If you're in a chronically tense, stressed, anxious state, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I shouldn't eat this. I give a shit. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Right? You get in that mode. You don't care. You don't care. Why do you think you're eating the bullshit? It's not a mystery, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, thank you, Cindy. It's definitely a mood. You get in a mood. You get in moods, and you have no idea how to influence your moods. You have no idea how to influence your moods. You're at the mercy of them. Yeah, I make much healthier choices when I'm mentally well. Right? It's so crazy. This is so obvious when you stop for a second and think about it. But how often are you thinking about this? You never. You're just going, I got to lose the weight. You're going, most people are anxious, stressed, freaking out, depleted. And so what is their solution to lose weight? Let me stress myself out even more by not eating any carbs starting tomorrow. Completely changing how I eat. I eat better when I'm not bothered by me. Yeah, fair enough, Cindy. I get that. I get that. Because, yeah, we're our own worst enemy a lot of times. You know? This is what I work at. Every client I work with, myself, it's always the same story. We've got to get a handle on this voice in our head. You got this voice in your head. It's one, It's made up of your primarily one of your parents, most likely, when they were in a shitty mood. You had some overbearing parent, made you feel bad, put the screws to you. Even if they were nice, again, parents are good and bad. But some of the bad qualities sometimes of a parent is they, they made us feel bad at certain times. And now we've internalized that voice. And now we're talking about, oh, you shitty mood. You lazy. You don't even deserve to lose weight. Look at you. There you go. No wonder you're fat. I know that because that's what I deal with with people. I got the voice in my head. It's as mean as all get out. It's the meanest voice. I would never say these things out loud. You know? And so it's like, man, it's just crazy. So that's what's going on in your head. It's this, this voice. You, in your moods, by the way, your moods, again, we call them states in the program. is a little more technical. But you're generating your moods. You don't realize it. You just feel like they just happen out of nowhere and you're at the mercy of them. You're not. You are 100% running a subconscious process. You're following a subconscious recipe to create these moods that you're typically in. And I know the moods you're in. The moods you're typically in are stressed, anxious, frustrated, angry, pissed off, depressed, sad, lonely. And it's those states, once you get into them, you don't give a shit about eating a pint of ice cream. I don't give a shit. So it's not, it's not the knowledge. So that's why a diet's never going to help you. What diet's helping you learn how to influence your mood? None of them, right? Because with a diet, you're supposed to just follow it no matter what. So no one, again, I always say this, but the weight loss industry is constantly telling you what to do and it's left up to you to get yourself to do it. And you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to change your behaviors. You don't know how to change your thinking. You don't know how to change how you feel. You don't know how to change your moods, your state. You have no strategy for that. And that's what the program yourself did is in a nutshell, you know? It's a two-minute technique you practice at night, but it really, it's a way to practice taking control of how you feel, you know, in a better way. Yeah, yeah, there you go, Cindy. Yeah, I was put on a diet at age 11. There you go, right? So yeah, you got a, a lifetime of, of bullshit around food and weight, you know? And so you're always in this stressed mood when it comes, so now you associate that mood with weight. Yeah. I saw you, Astrid. How far are you with the new blueprints? I'm very close with the new blueprints. Blueprints. Um, got them. Got them all set up because they're way smaller. So I'm excited to get you all those. Um, I will have those. When will I have them? I'm working today. First Friday. We'll see. Will I get them done Friday? 
Yeah, um, I'll say this week. I don't know. We'll see how Friday goes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm going to do Friday. So it'll either be next week, next week at the latest. And I'm excited for you all to get that. But yeah, so ultimately with your, with your weight, it really does come down to your, your mood um, and your ability to influence your moods. Okay? That's the key thing. Oh, thanks, Astra. I appreciate that. And I'm excited. To, I, I'm excited to tell you, please work on that for the next week because I'm really excited to dig into that a bit more. I really am. Very interesting to me, Astrid. Um, but yeah, everyone, you know, key message, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, Cindy. It is a key message. That's what I'm trying to say. Like if you're, so, so what happens for a lot of people is, you know what mood weight loss creates? You know what state weight loss, thinking about your weight activates? Usually it's stress, <laughs> right? It's a negative emotion at the very least. You know, is you you start thinking about your weight and you go into this unresourceful state of frustration, anger, depression, pissed off, sadness, hopelessness, whatever, and you get stressed and anxious, and now you're not even thinking clearly. Literally, what's happening on a, on a deeper level is you're activating your sympathetic nervous system. When you think about weight now, you get stressed. Is all you activate all the failure and all the frustration, the stress, the difficulty, the money, the, all of it. And you go into this unresourceful, sympathetic, fight, flight, or freeze state where the blood goes from your brain down to your body. Now you're not, you can't even think clearly. Can't even think clearly. I do this every single coaching call we do. Every coaching call I've ever done. Um, but every group session, the, the people in the program will tell you this, is you'll see someone get on the call and they're kind of freaking out. Like, oh my God, it's been a horrible, this week's been terrible. Everything, da, 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 da. I don't know, right? And then well, the first thing I'm doing is I'm calming them down. Relax, it's okay. Da, da, da. Same person, 30 seconds later is like, all right, yeah, well, it wasn't that bad. And I, this here I could have done differently and that, right? And all of a sudden, because what happens? They calm down. The blood goes back up to their brain. Now they can think more clearly. They see things more accurately. And now all of a sudden the solutions start flowing. But you all are not doing that. You're in this perpetual chronic state of stress and you can't even think clearly. You're just looping through the same thoughts. Very neurotic. And it's intentional. I, the diet industry is awful. It, it's it's it's, it's shitty. They're shitty. Because the diet industry is just the food industry, by the way. Talk about wolves in sheep's clothing. The diet industry, the ref, the diet, the diets that you're subconsciously referencing to lose weight are all owned by food companies. Would you trust the McDonald's diet, the M&M's diet, the Snickers diet, the Domino's pizza diet? Would you? Would you go and order that? Would you go start following that diet? <laughs> right? Well, do you know Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz? Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle? The company owns Atkin Food Products. The same company owns uh, Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. The company owns SlimFast. Is owned by the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. Do you really think they don't want you to eat their bullshit? They want you to lose weight. I don't think that because they're all freaking out. You know, when, when people start losing weight, you know, they freak out about it. They don't want you to lose weight. They want to. They love it. They get you coming and going. But the worst part of it is when you study the diets, they just get you to think like a dieter. So you're trapped. That's the worst part. They don't make most of their money from the diets. They make their money from the food. So they want you to keep eating. And having you think like a dieter is the best way to keep you stuck on that path. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, can you talk about resistance to change? Yeah, of course. Um, Toasted Bay with Cream Cheese. What's the name of the Netflix documentary? I don't know. I, I kind of forget. Let me look up real quick. Because uh, 
like I said, they, they just all blur together. <laughs> I, uh, I've watched so many of these that it's, I, I can't remember any of them. Um, please don't know. There we go. Let me see here. Oh, why is it not letting me in there? Oh my goodness. I don't want to reset that password. I don't know why it's not letting me in there. Um, I don't know. Forks over knives is good. Um, but you just go to documentaries and then they have a special category for food ones. Any of them are fine. And then like someone will dispute them and there'll be something wrong about it. Who cares? If you watch a documentary about sugar and it's really bad on sugar, then it turns out that some of the information was wrong. Who gives a shit? Sugar's horrible. And the sugar um, cartel is is just like the drug cigarette cartel. So fuck them. I don't care if they, they misstate things, overstate things. I don't care. Um, the more stuff I see about the dangers of sugar, the better for my brain. You know, I want to eat less of it. So that's how I feel about all those documentaries. Because you will watch those documentaries. We live in the we live in the, the, the information age, right? Which we always thought was going to be like, oh, the best information. We didn't realize it was going to be all the information. So we live at a point now where you can believe any philosophy you want. It's backed up by science, you know, practically. And so um, you could watch some documentary like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And then you can go look on about it. Someone's, oh, that's all bullshit. That wasn't real. So it's like, you know, getting the documentaries is a... It's it, I, there's that aspect of it, but anyways, it's good to watch them. I think anyways because it makes you think differently, and if it supports your 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 weight eating better, I think that's uh, that's good. Um, okay, resistance to change, that's real stuff. Um, but a lot of that resistance to change is not as big as you think it. Okay, let me prove a point. If you take your hands and clasp them together, right, um, you'll notice that one thumb's on top. Okay, so you never knew which thumb was your dominant thumb. Okay, but but here you are. So I got my right thumb on top. And do this. Please don't just listen to this. Do it. Put your phone in your lap and do it. Okay, this is an experiential thing. And so you've never thought about, if I asked you before this, which thumb you are, which dominant thumb, you wouldn't have any clue. No idea. However, let's undo the hands and do it so the other thumb's on top. Okay, so now when you do that, notice it feels weird, doesn't it? You don't give a shit which thumb's on top. You you have no, you don't care at all. It makes no difference to you consciously. Subconsciously, it sure makes a difference. One feels right and one feels wrong. Now, it's not right or wrong. It's just that one you do all the time and you didn't realize it and one is new and it feels different and wrong. So a lot of times resistance to change, that's part of it, is that this change, our brain is very bad at labeling and understanding different things we feel. And so sometimes we change things up and it feels like this. All of a sudden the left hand is like, eh, it does, something feels a little weird. And we can take that weirdness and blow it up. Okay, so that's a little bit of it. The other part, though, I think that's the biggest part is that the resistance to change is that you're not really trying to change when you're losing weight. You're really not trying to change. What do I mean? I mean that you've got your overweight mindset and you've got your dieting mindset. You have two mindsets currently. And your overweight mindset is how you habitually think, feel, and behave with food and your lifestyle that keeps you at your overweight body. Okay? So when you're not thinking about food or weight loss or you're just living your life, just going about things, doing what you do, you're overweight. This is your subconscious programming. And so you have an overweight mindset. You've got overweight programming that just runs automatically. What's automatically? Like when you brush your teeth, you just do that on autopilot pretty much. So most of your eating behaviors and your lifestyle behaviors are just running automatically. 
and they're running automatically at an overweight level, okay? And now you got your diet mindset. Your diet mindset is really just the anti-overweight mindset. So it's not a mindset in and of itself. It's just a anti-response to this. So you say, oh, I want to sit and eat some ice cream tonight. No, we can't do that. I want to go and get a pizza. No, we can't do that. No, 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 no. And so what you ultimately get, best case scenario, is you diet mindset yourself down to your goal weight. And this is the problem you've all experienced. Now you've got your overweight mindset and your diet mindset, but you can't keep dieting. You've gotten to your goal weight. What do you do now? Most people go back to being overweight and then they go back to dieting because this is comfortable. You got these two mindsets, you're familiar with them. But you tell me how you are creating a thin and healthy mindset because isn't that the real solution? You want a mindset that runs on autopilot that keeps you at your goal weight. And in order to do that, you need to create a new mindset, a thin and healthy mindset. How are you doing that? What's your strategy? What's your plan? Right? Because you can't just think like a dieter. You've, you've dieted yourself down to your goal weight. What happened once you got there? You put the weight back on because you don't know how to think like a thin, healthy person. I didn't know how to think like a thin, healthy person. I had to learn it. I had to train myself. I had to program it in. And now I think like a thin, healthy person on autopilot. I don't need the diets. I haven't dieted in 30 years. I have a thin, healthy mindset I'm constantly focusing on. I hope that makes sense. So your resistance is, this This is by nature, overweight diet mindset is, is resistance by definition, right? Because it's you, your diet mindset fighting against your natural, normal, overweight mindset. Isn't this what weight loss feels like to you? Doesn't it feel like you're fighting against yourself? Yeah, well, when you fight against yourself, it feels there's resistance because there's a party that naturally normally does what it does and you're fighting against that. It's the definition of resistance. So for me, I don't have that resistance because I've created a thin, healthy mindset. I got one mindset, thin, healthy mindset. Now, don't get me wrong. I do have a sub mindset to the overweight mindset. It's still there, but I overrode it with a thin and healthy mindset. And that's my predominant primary one now. I hope that helps and under, that makes some sense to you. Um, thin and healthy mindset, yeah. How does a thin and healthy person think like, though? That's a great question. Um, and so to that point, I think it's a combination of learning how does a thin and healthy person think? Now, I think it starts, the answer to that question starts with the question itself. Because how often have you asked that question? <laughs> right? So now you have a little bit of context, context that you have not had. Right? You've just been unaware as you've been doing this, this battle thing, this diet overweight thing. That's been your plan. That's subconsciously what you're doing, by the way. Subconsciously, you think about weight loss as you diet mindset fighting against yourself, restricting yourself. But you're never actually changing yourself. So how do you think like a thin, healthy person? Okay, that's a great question. I know you don't have the answer, but you're never asking that question. So that question needs to become focus for you. How can I think like a thin, healthy person? We can ask it a little differently. We can say, how can I lose weight easily and enjoyably? How can I live at my goal weight on near autopilot for the rest of my life? How can I get to my goal weight comfortably, enjoyably in a way that makes me feel good? I know you don't have these answers, but you are never asking these questions. So how would you get to the answers? So I think finding the answers, thinking like a thin, healthy person, I think ideally you're gonna have two, there's gonna be two steps. The first step is you want to get around people that think like a thin and healthy person. And this is what I did. 
I went to the Y was where I found most of them. And I found people that had lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. And I would go talk to them. I didn't just ask what they did, although I asked that too. I was really more focused on how they thought about things. Okay. And so I would ask them deeper questions. What triggered this for you? How do you think about food now? How do you think about your lifestyle? Um, what, how do you stay motivated? Right? So I would ask all these questions. How do they think? And so I think that's really important because it's kind of like a little bit like, like learning how to think like a thin healthy person, almost like trying to learn a language without being around a person that speaks it. It's extra hard. So I think role modeling, which is the core of neuro-linguistic programming, which is one of the main strategies I use, modalities I use to help people, is about role modeling. And that's where my journey started. Program Yourself Thin is really all came out of those initial conversations with people that had lost weight and kept it off. They thought completely different than people I knew that were dieters struggling with their weight. So that's the first step, is getting around people that think like a thin and healthy person genuinely, not dieters. People that had lost the weight and kept it off for at least a couple of years. You want to talk to them. Program yourself thin. I take all these and give them to you, right? That's what that's what the program is. It's literally all the mantras, the best things I learned, I, I install those into your brain. Um, but then there's the second part, okay? And I think ultimately this is the most important part is that you need to start creating your own mindset because why do you want to be thin and healthy? What's thin and healthy to you? What's your definition of thin and healthy and what is your motivation? And so a lot of creating a thin and healthy mindset is understanding self-hypnosis. It's as simple as that. How to program your subconscious mind so it does the things that keep you thin and healthy automatically. And you know that's what program yourself thin is in a nutshell. Um, but but I would say it's those two two processes that help you do it. Um, overweight diet mindset has been marinating forever. Yeah, I get that, Cindy. But you, that's why you've got to put yourself into a new direction. See, again, you're always just fighting against your overweight self. You're not trying to think in a new way. You're trying to not think in a harmful way. You, back to you're trying to not think about bananas. Do you know what I mean? Think about it. every time you go on a diet. This is why the diets are so insidious. They're such assholes for this. This, the diets are all out there by food companies. They know. They know your subconscious mind works. They know your subconscious mind doesn't understand the difference between vivid imagination and reality and that you don't understand negatives. So what do you do every time you go on a diet? If you go on keto, what are you obsessed with the first day, the first month, the first year, forever? What are you obsessed with if you're on keto? What are you obsessed with? Carbs, right? What are you obsessed with if you're following a low-fat diet? Fat. What are you obsessed with if you're trying to follow a, a no-processed food diet? You know what I mean? So it's like your diets obsess you on the exact food you don't want to eat. And the more you obsess on them, the more you start to crave them and want them. You know. So again, there's basic psychology and, and neuroscience that is really helpful when you want to create changes. <laughs> you know, what I'm trying to say is you've never learned any deeper strategies uh, to lose weight. You know what I mean? They're all just little tactics. Every diet's one tactic. And so that's never going to be enough. I think you need to change your mindset, you know. Um, HK says, my issue is mentally I'm unable to do it. Uh, well, I would say more your issue is not that you're unable to do it. I would say more your issue is you've never learned how to do it, right? I mean, I'm, I sit before you if I say, you know, what's the, the word for, uh, what's the Chinese word for shoe? I'm, I'm unable to do it. Well, does that mean I can't do it? No, it just means I haven't learned it. And you have not learned how to change your mindset. With the dieting, you've learned just tactics. And you're not able to do it because you don't have the mindset for it. You know? 
But once you learn how to do it, it's 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 not that hard. It really isn't. I mean, that's why everyone always says, I mean, like, oh, good Lord. You know, when you understand how your mind works, it's just, it's crazy to me. It really is. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, my slim friend, here we go. Uh, Dahlia says, okay, for example, my slim friends eat a small bit of chocolate each day, whereas I would restrict and binge. So it's better to think more long-term than short-term too. Well, there you go. You see, it doesn't take long. I do the same thing. I eat a small bit of chocolate every day, every day. But I'm not restricting. When you restrict, with with dieters, it's called the what the hell effect. It, it's or, or the counter-regulatory effect, and it's specific to dieters because they over restrict so intensely, and then they they binge afterwards to some capacity, you know. And it's it's just one follows the other, like night following day. I mean, it's just it's just it's a pattern. But dieters don't recognize. People are very unaware by nature. Our brains are built to be unaware of what we habitually do. You know, you have a conscious and a subconscious mind. Most of your behavior, your, most of your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are subconscious and you're not aware of them, which is why the biggest part of programming yourself then is awareness, creating awareness about what you're doing and why, and then changing that. But you have very little awareness because you realize you're eating ice cream at night. So you just want to stop it. Well, but why are you eating ice cream in the first place? There's an emotional reason. There's a habitual reason. There's a reasons why. And again, you're in such a rush. You just want to stop it so you can lose weight instantly. But, you know, I don't know. Like, like I feel bad for people that can't lose weight on a diet. But if you listen to me all the time, I don't anymore. Because now you know. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, if you keep doing the same thing, knowing it's, you know, as they say, it's like it's running east looking for a sunset. It's just, it's, it doesn't work. You know, it's do something different. <laughs> but, but Dahlia, yeah. So you have some slim friends. That's exactly what you just said, Dahlia, is, is brilliant. And when people start thinking that way, it's good. Astrid says, you're my role model. Yeah, that's what I do. All the clients in my program, people that listen to me on the podcast or watch my videos, I'm looking to be that role model for you. I'm looking to, at mass scale, put out what it's like to think this way, you know? In a very, again, what's interesting, I will say this too, it's not just talking to those people. I also came at it, I mean, I'm a master hypnotist and NLP trainer. So I'm not just talking to these people I am understanding what they're doing on a much deeper level and I'm able to codify it down to a useful piece of information that I can make use of. So knowing something's 5% of the battle, being able to utilize it and use it is another step. I made a video about this the other day and this is profound, okay? Is that you have to understand the difference between conceptual knowledge and behavioral knowledge. Um, when it comes to weight loss, you've got conceptual knowledge coming out of your ears, but you have very little behavioral knowledge. Let me put it in a different context. When it comes to writing, you have a lot of conceptual knowledge, but you only have the behavioral knowledge for one hand, right? Think about that. You know everything there is to know about writing conceptually, but you can only do it with one hand because you only trained one hand to do it, okay? And so when it comes to weight loss, you have all this conceptual knowledge, but you never have a sense of how to program or train yourself to have the behavioral knowledge of being that person acting that way. That's the difference. So again, it's one thing to know what you're supposed to do. It's another thing to be able to get yourself to do it. And you're never learning. Where are you learning that? You're not learning it at all. You've got one tool to get yourself to do things. You've got one tool and one tool only, and it's not enough. You know what the tool is? Willpower, right? You're just winging it with willpower. Oh, tomorrow's Monday. I'm going to start eating perfectly. Okay. Let me know how it's going by the end of the week. I, you won't get to the end of the week, most likely. You know, you have no real sense of how to change your behavior. 
And that is what I am a master at. You know, that's what I help my clients with. That's what I, I've done myself. You know, it's definitely better to think long term than short term, though. That's a, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. My husband is a natural, thin and healthy person. Great. So start learning from instead of being mad that he it's natural for him. And why am I different? You see, because you're doing that, Cindy. That's what all dieters do. Listen, Cindy, I already know this about you and anyone who's still watching me. I know you're all overthinkers. Yes, I do. <laughs> I know you're an overthinker and I know you're probably a perfectionist. Um, that's 99% of my clients. That's me. Okay, I'm recovering perfectionist though. Thank God. Um, but the overthinking is not the problem. The problem is what you're overthinking. And what you're overthinking is the problem. You are fixated and focused on the problem. And it shows up this way. You're constantly asking questions like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I stick to a plan? Why can't I lose this weight? Why can't I you know, get myself to exercise? Why, why can't I stop eating the donuts? Why can't I stop eating ice cream? You're constantly asking, why can't I you know, with the problem. You're fixated on the problem and you're just obsessively thinking about it. That's all you do. And so what you have to do is you start, you start obsessively thinking on the solution. You know, so you got this husband who's a role model, but you've been saying, I know your mindset has been how unfair it is that he can be that way and I'm not. Why am I not that way? Why can't I eat that way? Why is it so easy for him? Why is it so unfair? And instead you start asking, how could I eat that way? How could I utilize that strategy? How could I make my weight loss easier? How could I live in my goal weight? You're not asking those questions. And when you start habitually asking those questions, this is why I love my clients because when they start, when you're overthinker, it's like you've got this uh, supercomputer, right? You've got this sports car. You never learned how to drive. And what happens, you get this supercomputer, but you're running shitty programs. So once you put good programs into the supercomputer, your brain just starts going wild with solutions. You know, I hope that makes sense. Um, but right now, this is the hypnosis, by the way. The hypnosis is the process you're using. You're in your head talking to yourself and you are constantly focusing on the problem. And that is what's keeping you subconsciously stuck exactly where you're at. And so when you shift that over to focusing on the solutions, you start, the solutions just start flowing. The more solutions you got, the easier it is to master your weight. It's very easy for me to stay at my weight. It's just automatic. It's automatic. Oh, good for you, Jim. No, it wasn't like this. I trained myself in 10 different ways. I mean, I got the mindset, lifestyle, eating peace all mastered now. And I'm always tweaking and optimizing on top of it. So it just keeps on getting better and easier. But you're not doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So again, I don't try to be a jerk, but it's true. So if you want to start doing that, by the way, though, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session and watch the training I give you. It's about 30 minutes. Watch the training. Okay, stop with the fucking dieting. <laughs> don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to say. You know, people just like, we do what we do. I lost three stone in the past. I know how to do it. I just mentally can't get myself in the habits mindset. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, so you lost three stone in the past, but you did it in a very... And you can only do that for so long. Um, I can't mentally get myself... I just mentally can't. You, you can't because you don't know how. Do you understand that, folks? You just haven't learned. So you come and say, oh, I don't know how to change my mind. I can't change my mindset. Why do you say that? Because I can't do it. Well, no shit. I can't play the, if I never play the piano, I can't play the piano. But is I can't play it or I haven't learned how to play it? That, that distinction's huge. This is gro fixed growth mindset stuff. I don't know if you know any of that. If you don't, good Lord, you might want to look it up, especially with your weight. Because I see a lot of people with a fixed mindset. Uh, I'm an overeater. I'm an overeater. I'm a sugar addict. Uh, I've got no willpower, right? And you got this defining, this definition you believe in your mind that keeps you anchored to being overweight. And it's not true. I watched, I just, it's been 20 years of watching people shift and change from being overweight to being in control of their weight. 
you know it's just it's just part of the my day day-to-day reality now you know so it's never i can't it's that you don't know how you know and my training will help you with it <laughs> great role model thank you thank you guys um that's awesome i appreciate you saying that astrid and jody thank you dahlia says i need to program myself that food is in abundance and won't run away hey dahlia you're dropping pearls here there's no point binging all the bad food than saying i'll start tomorrow because this is a bad cycle yeah exactly right and once you appreciate that that's a cycle you keep repeating even that alone helps you fix it um but that's the first step is you need to gain awareness always awareness folks you're not aware of what you're doing i promise you you're not i promise you I work with very smart, successful people, right? My private coaching is 25 grand to work with me. So you can imagine these are people that are very successful, right? And so it's not, it's not a question of intelligence or action or success or brilliance. It's a question of knowing the right things to do, you know? And having perspective and asking the right questions is, is what you need to do, you know? It's really that, that simple. Yeah, you program yourself to foods in abundance. That's a great one. Because again, you got a biological um, bias that food's scarce anyways. We've been evolved that way. So you need to, yeah, start feeling more calm and relaxed about food. You know, even in its abundance, that's helpful as well. I always think, let me stuff myself now because I know I can't have it when I start my diet. Yeah, Dahlia, listen, that, this, I'm really glad you said that. Can anyone relate to that? Right? Anyone else do that? Right? The old binge, because I'm going to start tomorrow. And it turns out like every weekend's a binge so that I can start tomorrow, but you never start anyways. You know, that's a pattern. It's a pattern you have, all right? And again, the, the first step to curing a pattern is to recognize the pattern. My husband doesn't restrict at all. Well, there you go. Restricting is a bad thing um, because when we restrict, okay, so, so let's just talk about restricting real quick. Um, and I gotta get out of here. Um, when we restrict, right? So it's like, I, I can't eat that ice cream. I gotta stop myself from eating that ice cream, okay? We're saying that, but the deeper meaning is I have to stop myself from eating that thing that I really love. If I don't restrict myself, I'll eat the whole gallon of ice cream because I love it so much. I want to eat the whole thing. I got to restrict myself. If I don't restrict myself, I'll eat the whole bag of cookies because I want to eat the whole bag of cookies. You see? And so the subconscious, when we, when we have to restrict ourselves, it's because we want to overeat so bad. We want to eat all of it. That's what we want to do. You see? And so you're setting yourself up for a forever battle. Okay, so what's the difference? Well, the difference is go eat the fucking bag of cookies. Go eat the gallon of ice cream and then promise me five minutes after you're done, you'll take a minute, sit with yourself quietly and notice what the consequence of that behavior is physically, mentally, and emotionally. Not beating yourself up, but just sitting and saying, how does this feel after I eat all that? And what you're gonna notice is, oh, I don't feel that good. I don't feel that good. I feel stuffed. I can hardly breathe right. Um, I just feel tired now. Mentally, I'm, I'm annoyed and pissed off myself. I did it again. I want to lose weight and I just blew it again. So now I feel frustrated myself. I'm being negative to myself. Emotionally, I feel discouraged, frustrated, sad, hopeless, lonely. This is how I feel. That's the consequence. That's the consequence that follows poor food choices, whether it's the quality or the quantity, every time. And so, but this process here, what we're doing is we're going to the subconscious level and saying, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to eat a gallon of ice cream. I don't want to eat a pint of ice cream. No, thank you. I want a little bit of ice cream sometimes. I don't want to eat a bunch of it. It feel, It's gross feeling. I don't like it. So you see, I've changed that subconscious association I have. So I don't, what do I need to restrict? Do you all need to restrict yourself from smoking cigarettes? Do you need to restrict yourself from 
smoking crack, doing cocaine? Are you fighting those cravings off every day? Do you have to restrict yourself from, from doing those things? Or do you just not want to do them? Do you see that? Do you see that difference? Right? If you're a non-smoker, you're a non-smoker you're fighting cravings all day, restricting yourself, or is it because you don't have cravings for cigarettes? And if you don't have cravings for cigarettes or heroin or cocaine or crack, why? Why not? They're very addictive substances. So why don't you have, why don't you have cravings for them? Because the way you think about them, right? You think about them. Do you think about how amazing they are and how great you're going to feel and how awesome it would be? Or do you think about when you think about those things, bleh, right? What, what's the feeling you get when you think about crack, right? One of the most addictive substances on the planet, right? Make you feel better than anything else on the planet practically. But how do you think, how do you feel when, I, when you think about it? How do you think when you feel a crack? <laughs> it is silly to say in a sense. It's a kind of extreme, but you get my point, right? You you get a negative, gross, that junky, nah, ugh, I don't want that, right? That's the feeling you get. That's the feeling I get when I think about eating a gallon of ice cream, pine of ice cream. Ugh, I don't want that. So now I'm not fighting against, I'm not fighting against cravings for ice cream all day long. Do you, do you get that? Do you see? If, when you have to restrict something with willpower, it's because you really want it. But I'm telling you with the food, you don't really want it as much as you think you do. You're in this cycle of trying to restrict it, which is actually generating more cravings for it. And this is the never-ending battle you're fighting. This is why calming down is so helpful because you start to realize, I don't like to eat a gallon of ice cream. I don't want to eat a bag of cookies. I feel like shit afterwards. I don't like feeling like shit. I like feeling good. I like feeling good. <laughs> I like feeling energized and light and happier and emotionally brighter and more balanced. I like having more energy. I like losing weight. I like feeling better. I like looking in the mirror and feeling better about myself. You know, it's not a hard sale to make folks, you know? And by the way, let me just drive it home a little extra. Program yourself then. One of the core questions we'll ask is how can you get the most pleasure out of food possible? I know you're thinking, well, I'll just eat all of it. Is that how you get the most pleasure possible? Is that what makes you, when you binge, right? So when, when uh, Dahlia is talking about binging, do you feel, is that pleasurable right when you're done at the binge? I'll tell you, I get the most pleasure out of the food and anyway, I'll give you the cheat code. It's when you eat it at your goal weight. When you eat whatever food you like, you eat it moderately and you eat it at your goal weight where you're healthy, happy, feeling balanced in control. That's the most pleasure you can get out of it. Okay. So if you make that your North Star, it changes the whole process. You don't rely on restricting. You don't need to restrict because you don't want to eat all of it. Um, Azra says, your mindset is life-changing. Thank you. You're welcome, Azra. I appreciate you listening to it. Um, whoops. See. Cindy says, I haven't learned. Yeah, no, I know you haven't learned. Um, but, but listen, to be honest, people don't even know how to learn. Yeah, legit. Because again, conceptual behavioral knowledge, that distinction... School, really, after like third grade, all of school was conceptual knowledge, right? You're just learning about things. And very rarely are you learning to do things. You know, the last thing you really learn to do as a whole is like maybe learn to drive a car, right? Like, like actually learn to do something behaviorally, you know? So a lot of people confuse conceptual learning with behavioral learning. And so I'm a master of behavioral learning. And there's very few of us. There really are not a lot of us, especially when it comes to weight loss. Everyone's telling you what to do and no one is showing you how to get yourself to do it. I, I, I'm, there aren't a lot of me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? There just isn't. I had to come up with this myself because no one was teaching this. No one was talking about this. And to me, this is the whole game. Jesus, you know, you know what to do. If you were a robot and you could just type in what you're going to eat all day and then you would just do it because you're a robot, you wouldn't have any weight loss problems. 
Would you? The problem is that you don't know what to do. The problem is you can't get yourself to do it. And it's because you've never learned. And you think, but this is the weirdest part. You think you, what do I need to learn? I just force myself to act different. 40 years of this, and you still just think you just should be able to get yourself to do it. That's the weird part, you know? But it is what it is. <laughs> uh, more addictive than it is. That's why they want... Um, Little mean queen. <laughs> I stopped eating chocolates at break after starting feeling dizzy, confused, tired. So now I remember and I don't eat them. It took a long time to understand and stay away from sugar and the effects are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get that. It took a long time, but it took a long time for you to put the cause effect together. That That's what I'm saying. Once you start, like once you start appreciating developing your awareness and you start developing the awareness of the cause and effect of what you're doing. See, you're like, you're saying, oh, I don't eat the ice cream because I don't want to gain weight. Well, the gaining weight is too far in the future. It doesn't mean shit to you. That's why I said the consequence I want you to focus on is the one that happens a minute to five minutes after you finish eating. After you take your last bite, that's the consequence because that consequence is close enough to matter to us so that when it comes time, you say, now I want to eat something. Oh, I really want that ice cream. And you know it's pleasurable, but what you're typically doing is you're focusing on the anticipation of getting it and the eating it. What I want you to do is focus on the consequence that's just on the other side of finishing it. And if you, you're like, oh man, I really want some ice cream. And, you, and then you just you allow yourself to ask the question, how will I feel five minutes after I'm done eating it? Mm. That's what you're going to feel. And that process lowers the craving. Not that it doesn't boost willpower, it lowers the craving so you don't need willpower. If that makes sense. Um... Jamie, what's up? Hello, Jim. I've been working on my thyroid issues. I have not left. Love listening to you. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't seen you in a little bit. Glad you're back. I hope the thyroid's picking up, working. Um, stopping sugar is the first step. Yeah, sure. And now again, stopping sugar is the first step for you. Do you want me to understand that, folks? I'll always say that when people get on here and say, oh, do this, do this, this work for me. Great. Okay. And so if you've never tried stopping sugar, I'd give it a shot. If you've tried stopping sugar and it feels overwhelming to you, then start with something else, okay? Again, uh, first five pounds. I'm excited for you guys to get that program. It'll give you the, a real quick quick wins. Um, but great job anyway, stopping sugar. I'm always impressed by that. But, you know, listen, we're always hearing stories of people's amazing results and what they did. Take it, take what's useful and resonates with you and discard the rest, okay? Don't just force yourself into doing something. You've helped me so much from watching your lives and listening to your podcast. Thank you. You're welcome, Gina. I appreciate you uh, listening. Thank you. And I hope, again, anyone, make sure you go to my bio, get the hypnosis session, the training I give you. It's all free, all free. Um, do you think women with PCOS struggle more with adopting this mindset, especially with extra cravings? Um, well, uh, here's the thing. I, I, I literally have a client I'm about to work with in, in 15 minutes here who has PCOS, and she's down 20 pounds in the last couple months. So it's real. You know, thyroid, hormone issues, insulin resistance, menopause, PCOS, Hashimoto's, all of these things are real. They're real physical issues. Now, they all affect us a little differently. Everyone's unique, but it's a real physical challenge. Let's start there. Um, I think what matters most in that situation, I think it matters for everyone, but especially if you've got a physical challenge, is really the, the lifestyle piece. You know, and when I talk about lifestyle, I'm talking about an order of importance, proper sleep, proper hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. And as you start weaving those things into your life, you start to mitigate a lot of those negative effects from the physical piece and, you know, improve your situation. 
Um, and then I think it's easier to start getting the results you want. I don't think just counting calories in those situations is enough. I don't think that's enough for most people anyways. Definitely not enough if you've got a physical challenge. Um, so do they have a trouble adopting this mindset? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it, nothing really affects the mindset. I mean, um, you know, I guess some people are stubborn and, and there's certain personality characteristics that I would have to say probably have some impact, but um, not, not a physical, not a physical problem. So yeah, I, I work with everyone. I've had every sort of challenge and I've seen everyone succeed. Um, yeah, Gina says, I'm going to take that 10 pounds. I got this. It's just, it's so many. That's the other, I got so many testimonials from people just watching me on podcasts and stuff. It's cool. It's always fun getting my clients, but I know they're going to get the results. It's, it's pretty cool. Like when all people I'm just doing stuff for free are getting great results. So that, that's, I love hearing that. And congratulations, Gina. Great job. You're doing the work. So great job. Good, good, good job. Um, Kay says, is it like subliminals? Um, if you're, if you're talking about my hypnosis session, no, I don't really use subliminals. Um, I don't think there's much proof that those work very well. Um, I'm not saying they don't work at all, but, but I think they don't work great. Um, hypnosis is, the hypnosis I use is not subliminals. It's just direct suggestions. But the main thing, there's two big things of hypnosis, why it works. The first one is you relax and calm down. And number two is that you hear all this positive stuff. And you're not usually getting positive, supportive, encouraging messages when it comes to your weight, right? Are you, you know? And so that's very powerful. You're always being hypnotized to overeat and crave unhealthy foods. Every, every food commercial you see is a hypnosis session, you know, and you're seeing hundreds of them every day, if not thousands. It's that crazy. And so you need some counter effect, you know, some counter hypnosis. And that's what my hypnosis will do. Now, hypnosis isn't enough to master your weight, in my opinion. I think it's a good supplement. But ultimately, you program yourself then. I think the core, um, what really helps you, yeah, billboards as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and just their their logos, you know, and their, their logos alone trigger, um, they activate you. You should think about, you know, and they're like, Y'all know like uh, hip post hypnotic suggestions. You ever seen like the Manchurian Candidate, right? They, uh, I forget which country they, they they kidnap this soldier, this U.S. soldier, and they brainwash him. He's gonna like assassinate the president, or something. I kind of forget the details, but he's gonna like assassinate someone. Um, they're gonna call they're gonna call him up, and they're gonna say a trigger word, right? That's the post hypnotic suggestion, and it's gonna cause him to be hypnotized, get the gun, shoot the person. Okay, that's a post hypnotic suggestion. But you should think of every, like every time you're driving and you see the arches or you see that logo for whatever your favorite foods are, um, even when you walk into a store and you see the product itself, that's a post-hypnotic suggestion that actually hypnotizes you into that state to crave it. Do you know what I mean? That's how you should think about it. And you have no countering thing. But again, the hypnosis I give you in the program, and there's a lot of hypnosis um, strategically delivered, uh, but the, the core part of the program is really self-hypnosis. You have got to learn how to program your own subconscious mind. I don't see how you would ever master your way truly without understanding how to take control of your own mind. I think of like, it was that saying, right? Give a person a fish, feed them for a day. Teach a person a fish, feed them for a lifetime. I think of the hypnosis sessions as like giving you fishes. And I think of the, the program yourself thin technique I teach you, the self-hypnosis technique. I think of that as like teaching you how to fish. And um, that's the most important piece. You know, once you understand that, that that's the game changer, you know. Um, but all right, everyone, I gotta get out of here. Uh, thank you so much. I really, you guys have been great today. I've enjoyed speaking with you all. Great questions. Um, and uh, I always enjoy getting to speak with, with 
intelligent, smart people such as yourselves. Um, Astrid, I won't be there tomorrow. Not tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving, so it's a holiday here. I'll see you on Tuesday. Um, and then I might be over Friday. I don't know. We'll see. Obama, maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone has a, has a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourselves. Again, with Thanksgiving, we talk about minimize the damage strategy. So enjoy yourself, but don't go absolutely bonkers with it. Um, but, you know, d- eat and enjoy yourself, but kind of stay in that middle ground. Don't be perfect and don't be absolutely off the charts with it. Be right in that middle ground. That's the minimize the damage mode and enjoy the hell out of yourself. Enjoy yourself because you feel better. You ate better. You connected with people you love. You took the day off and you enjoyed yourself. Okay, genuinely. Uh, and if again, if you have not, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training I give you, and um, listen to the podcast. The podcast is Program Yourself. Then it's on all the platforms. All right, so you can find it anywhere. And uh, yeah, the more you listen to it, the more weight you lose. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and we'll talk soon. Bye.